If you're investing in real estate, you can boost your gains by being your own bank. Visit ParadigmLife.net forward slash resources to learn this real estate wealth strategy. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Now, here's your host, Patrick Donahoe. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Patrick Donahoe. You're listening to the Wealth Standard Radio. This is episode 114. And today I have the pleasure and honor of having one of my good friends and advisors uh, here at Paradigm Life, uh, Eric McGuire. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this episode. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Eric, yeah. it's good to have you here. It's great to be here. I love doing this. Thanks, Thanks for. Uh, I know you had some some stuff going on with the family today, but uh, but you made it up. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Never turn around, turn down an opportunity to be on the radio with you or be on the podcast with you. So, uh, so today we're, uh, we're our, the topic is going to be the power, the power of people, uh, looking at what our, our mission is, which is to help people build wealth. The, the idea of, of people and your interaction, your relationships, it is probably the most important principles to, uh, to master. If you don't master it, it's going to be very difficult to, to build wealth, much more difficult than if you do master uh, people first. So that's what we're going to touch on. And, you know, last year, Eric, we, we did a, a tribute to, uh, to your brother. And he, I believe, understood this principle at a very uh, high level. Now, yeah. tragically, he passed away in, in, in 2006. But professionally, before that happened, he, he was able to teach quite a few people. And his legacy in that regard is kind of lived on. Yeah. Uh, would you mind maybe touching on just, you know, some of those types of principles he believed in his, his latter years that made him as successful as he was? Yeah. As, <clears throat> cause my, as my brother was trying to build his practice and his career, he really, where it kind of took off is where he discovered this principle of creating wealth or creating value for people. And he, when he saw that his path to success and to the life he wanted was identified through, he started identifying principles and said, any principle I identify as truth, I'm going to gather in. And as he started doing that and organizing them and looking at them, the one that he put at the highest was people. And he realized that his success and his happiness overall in life is going to depend on how he treats people. And if he's not good at that, he won't be happy. And that's, it's, and it's interesting because I think, I think everybody can, can attest to that. Yeah. But yet at the same time, uh, I think you you look at the two roles that essentially you can adopt in any given situation, and it's the the victim or the hero, and it, it is in relation to to how you interact with people. For it's sure, much easier to to be to be the victim. It's easier to place blame on on others, right? It's easier to to not take responsibility for for certain actions, whether it's yours or, or somebody else's. So looking at that, I mean, I know he he. He had, you know, a, a number of articles that were out there. We'll probably put one in the blog. It's called uh, "Producers versus Consumers." But he talked about these these two paradigms, these two lenses that we adopt yeah. that that we can adopt as human beings. I think we all have lenses, yeah. right? There's there's these unique glasses that we have that you know, if you the the national you watch those National Treasure the National yeah, Treasure yeah, movies, yeah. you know, when he found those, like, uh, those, those glasses from Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Right. And he's like the, the different like, color yeah. lens and he adjusts the lenses and he can see different things in the back of that, you know, on, was the Declaration of Independence, I think it was. Yeah. So you can see, see different things. I think we all have that type of, that type of vision. Now it's not necessarily in, you know, we can, we can see different, different things per se physically, 
but it's the way we approach different situations. So adopting those those glasses of being the hero and being the producer yeah. and having that paradigm is much different than being a consumer and playing the victim. Why don't you touch on that briefly? Yeah. The, I mean, because to kind of backtrack a little bit of where we're saying, it's this is above the cursory. We're all taught just even from you know elementary school, we want to have friends, we want to be liked. So this, this is beyond that. And what he discovered is what you're talking about, producer-consumer, is there's really two ways to look at it. And the, the attitude that we take into our relationships depends on what kind of friends and what kind of relationships they give back to us. And what you're saying, what we'll dig into today, is if you have a victim mentality and your friends build upon that, where things aren't your fault, you're always passing blame to other people, mm-hmm. and you live your life that way, you put a circle of friends around you that reinforce that paradigm or that lens that you're looking through. That's all it's what you're always looking at. Yeah. And that is honestly 90% of the world operates in that, that spectrum. What he discovered is there's an opposite that he called producer mindset that when you operate in that world, you attract people to you that lift you up, that make you accountable for one. But in that accountability, you'll find happiness. You'll serve, you work harder. Life is much, much, you live life on a much higher plane than you would if you live way most people do. And I mean, honestly, before he introduced this to me, because he's the the first one to kind of open my eyes to it, I realized I was living in that victim mentality. And when you see it and it it starts to sink in, and this is something that, you know, we'll probably touch on a lot because you can't, it's not like a 10 minute thing that you suddenly discover and then it's there. (laughs) It takes practicing. It takes develop it. Exactly. Researching, reading, you know, I mean, it's a mindset that you have to incorporate. You have to get the bad one out and get a new one in. And when you do doors start to open and life just really opens up for you. Yeah. And and again, it's, it's like I said before, it's one of those things is it's the more difficult path to to take and looking at the victim. I think we are all hardwired in a sense to have that kind of mindset of scarcity and the mindset of, of being a victim. Yeah. Uh, and it's evident in just how our, our society operates, Yeah, right? I mean, you go to, and we're not gonna get into the weeds on this, but you look at, you know, the, the most highly purchased newspaper and it's not, you know, it's not time, yeah. right? It's not National Geographic, it's the National Enquirer, yeah. right? Why, why? You go to the why behind it is, you know, essentially people want to identify with somebody that makes them look better. Yeah. Right. So they look at like a, you know, a celebrity and they have all these problems like, oh, they have problems and, and, you know, they're worse than mine or, or something like that. That's you know, a people- great, that's a great point because they, and, and instead of elevating their life, they think if they look at people that are more miserable than them, they don't have to, you don't have to change in that scenario. Yep. In that paradigm, all you do is push people lower than you. And that's where your happiness comes. Yep. What we're talking about is push yourself higher. And that's where true, I mean, that's really where you discover you know, growth and other things. So yeah. get your happiness from growing, not from pushing other people down. I think it was, uh, it was, it was uh, episode 111 and we had a lot of good feedback on, you know, your greatest asset is you. And although we didn't get into, in too deep in regards to, you know, the mentality that you have, it was, it was more of what you can do to build yourself, to create more value. Um, but you know, this is kind of a, a, a phase two or a part two of the, of that, where you're essentially just looking at all of your, you know, your entire life, your opportunities to happen on a daily basis and how you're viewing them. What lens do you have on? What pair of glasses did you put on in the morning? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's, you know, I wanted to, to talk about some, some personal experiences that I've had the last, last, uh, couple of weeks because my, my lenses have, have, uh, have changed. Uh, and like you said, it's, you know, I've, I've spent 
probably thousands of hours just studying and figuring out, you know, what people want, um, how to build, how to build wealth, um, how to, you know, essentially deliver a specific message that people will take and really start yeah. to think about. And, and I've, and I've tried to always kind of operate in, in this abundance mentality, but at the same time, you know, we all have life happen to us. And so I've yeah. had some, you know, some pretty, uh, significant experiences happen in the last, the last week, uh, that I wanted to talk about. So for first, you know, this is, this was by no means the most profound one, but I, I woke up, I woke up this morning and, you know, beautiful, beautiful day. And, um, you know, I have a, I, I don't, I'm not working out today cause I have a, a hot, we have a playoff, like men's hockey, hockey game tonight. <laughs> So I didn't work. I didn't work out this morning. Um, so you know, getting getting everything ready, and I walk out to my car, and my door's open. I'm like, okay, like crap, I locked my door or something. Yeah. And my whole car, my the Jeep is totally ripped apart, and I uh, had like my uh, like speakers taken, and I had this like you know survival bin in the back that was taken. The the mud mats were taken, um, and just the fact that somebody was in there and they ripped yeah. a bunch of wires apart, and I was like, you know. I looked at it and I was actually kind of proud of, you know, now talking about it, I'm kind of proud of myself because I was looking at it and I was like, wow, this, this sucks. But then I realized my hockey sticks were there. I'm like, man, thank goodness they didn't take my hockey sticks. Because <laughs> you have a game tonight, right? So I have a game yeah. today. I'm like, man, I have to go off. And get... So that's the thing is like these, <laughs> these certain, these things happen to us, you know, yeah. on a daily basis. And we, in those, in those moments are able to, to choose what role we're, we're going to play. Yeah. Right? One interest, I mean, just to not sidetrack your whole thing, but you talked about how as a society, we're kind of in that consumer mindset, but you start to see, like, as we get into these principles, you'll see that we're taught, you'll see traces of it, like make lemonade out of lemons is a phrase we use. And, but it stops at that phrase. So it's not that we never heard this before. We've actually, you know, if you go back to parents, grandparents, on and on and on, they may not have understood at a high level, but there's this underlying, um, I don't know, teaching of it. You'll see, you'll discover the principles of that, of you looked at a very bad situation, mm. but you made lemonade of it, of the sense that at least your hockey sticks were there yeah. and going. <laughs> so it's not something like, this isn't something that you discovered or my brother discovered or that hasn't been around that all of a sudden is new and whatever. It's just, it's truth. that has been there forever yep. that he discovered. And once he's, once he discovered it for himself and started implementing it, then life becomes, when you start living 90, 90% of your life in that mode and 10% as the victim, life is much different than 90% the victim and 10%. Not. No, it's true. And and that's like you said before, you know, the, the idea of, of being in that mindset of, of a producer and, yeah. and really genuinely searching for ways to help people and create for people, that type of mindset carries with it a, a really profound energy. Yeah. And that energy affects everything. It affects your, your mood. It affects how you treat other people. Um, you know, I, I had a, I read a quote, uh, this morning that says, you know, a smile is a curve that sets everything straight. Mm. And, and it's, that's the thing is wh yeah. why do people smile, right? It's not because in the moment they're happy. It's because they basically a few moments ago or in the morning or whatever, they decided a specific mentality and that yeah. smile becomes infectious. Yeah. And that right there, that type of energy is, is really profound when you're dealing with people, right? Because in the end, how, what do, what do people really want? Right? What do what do all human beings want? And if you really dive into true, honest, authentic questions and get true, honest, authentic answers 
of why are you in this business? Why are yep. you investing in this? Why are you saving here? What, like why, 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 why? If you go to all of it, it comes to a few things, yeah. right? And it's to have the security so that my family is taken care of. It's to have time to be with my family, to have time to do what I want, to, to essentially be happy, to, en- yeah. to enjoy. Joy and happiness, yeah. To enjoy, to enjoy right? But one of the things you said, and I think you uh, you did it on purpose. One of the things you said in the beginning is that most individuals that the happiness idea rarely occurs without other other people. I agree. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing where you look start to look at relationships. It's all human relationships, right? Yeah. If you want more money, if you want to be more successful, more successful financially means that you have more money. Yeah. Well, that money has to come from somebody, yes, somebody, some person. And that person needs to look at you, your services, what you're doing as more valuable than the money that they worked for. Yeah. Right. And the idea, the idea behind you and the relationship you have with them is if you don't master the principle of people, right? And being able to understand their their wants, their desires, their needs, what's valuable to them. Yeah then you're not going to get any money. And that's why most people are stuck in these, you know, drudgerous type of, of positions because they're in that, you know, cause I guess the, you know, the corporate world and the employment world, the employee world is very scarce, yeah. right? It's a dog eat dog. It's, it is a total victim, victimhood type of, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement across the entire, all industries, yeah. but for the most part of my experience, that's exactly what happens. Well, that's what people think is the road to success. And I hope, and I think that's one huge reason Paradigm Life is so successful is hopefully our clients sense that difference that we're not just after, it's not just a trick to us to get someone to a point. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to clients all the time. Our meet, I don't sit down with meeting one with the goal to get them to this product or to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Meeting one really is to connect with them. Because yep. if I don't understand what they're passionate about, I can't help them. Mm-hmm. At least helpful, like in my mind, I'm not truly helping them. Yep. Maybe I can give them a bigger number on a piece of paper. But that's not what we're here for. We really try to elevate a quality in their financial life, not just a number in their financial life. Yeah, and, and people, I, th- yeah, I think they, I think our clients, the feedback I've gotten with my clients, I think, is that they sense that. Yeah, and people come to these conclusions of what they want. It's not really what they want. It's more yeah. of like what society or what somebody else has told them what they want. And and I read a, I read a quote to you. Let me pull it up on my on my phone. That uh, I love, I love quotes. I can't really come up with good quotes myself, so I just have to get onto different <laughs> lists that give them for me. <laughs> but uh, but going to your point, this is a quote by a guy named Joseph Campbell, which I have no idea who that is. But uh, it's a good quote. It says, "If you see your path laid out in front of you, step one, step two, step three, you only know one thing: it's not your path. Your path is created in the moment of action. If you can see it laid out in front of you, you can be sure it's someone else's path." That is why you see it so clear, clearly. Yeah. And that's the idea is, you know, you look, you look at what our society has agreed upon, which is this, this, you know, this path to, to happiness. Yeah. And, and it's just this blanket template that gets programmed into, into their minds yeah. that once they start this employment, then this is the way that it's going to be. This is what you have to do. And you have to get you know, work these many years and you have to do this and this and this. And it's kind of like step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Is that really the, the true path? And I think it might be for somebody but for most, and we get to talk to a lot of people in a lot of different industries, a lot of different professions, and most other than, you know, this, this drive and this passion behind what they do, most people are just fed up and yeah. unhappy with where they spend the majority of their time, majority of their day. Yeah. And if, and the good, I mean, a couple of things, thoughts that came from that. One is 
what they're talking about lists there, usually if it's a list, it takes the people out of it. And that's one reason I think the quote is said how it says it is that if you can list it out, you take the human element and remove it. That's not where success is going to come from. And the second one I thought of the producer in my mind is, I don't know who that is either, but I, by the end of the day, we will. Yeah. (laughs) When we read a quote like that, suddenly you think that created value for me. I mean, obviously it came this morning and still early, but we'll research and see who he is. And I mean, now I have a vested interest in knowing who that person is. And, and what else has he what, said? Yeah, what else has he said? What else can he what do? Because he obviously gets, he's given value so far to us. Yep. And there's probably something more out there. And it'd be cool to, you know, who knows how it goes. But that the producer mindset says this person is valuable. I like the way they're thinking. They elevated and bettered my day. I want to go find out who they are and connect. And if it's possible to connect, you know, sometimes you'll be shocked to find that people are even local yeah. on a quote like that. And, Interesting. And you realize that someone's in your backyard <laughs> that you never, you know, you know, never talked to before. And then something like this, you know, you and I are that scenario. Yeah. We coexisted within miles of each other and never really knew each other. Yeah. Writing business with the same company, the ironic part, but never, and we knew, you know, high end shake high type of thing, but never connected to a really deep level. But once we did the value, at least for me personally has been exponentially better. Yeah. And that's the thing is you can't put any, you can't quantify, you can't quantify relationships. You can't quantify a person right? Because you have no idea what impact it's going to make on them for sure, and what's going to sear in, into their mind, right? Because there's only so much capacity our minds have and it's our experiences, it's quotes, it's relationships that really sear into our, our mind, those, that lens that we put on each day. Yeah. And I think a lot of that just come, it comes from uh, our, the experiences that we have, right? It comes from who is in our life. I mean, um, I'm going to give you a, give everyone kind of what happened to me last week, but you were one of the first people that I really opened up to, uh, just because I knew you can sympathize with, yeah. with me. And, and it's because of those relationships that really help us frame, you know, what is going on in our lives, what we should do about it. Because oftentimes, you know, if we've gotten ourselves into this rut, we got ourselves into it. Yeah. And if we got ourselves into it, do we really know how to get ourselves out of it? Maybe we can try, yeah. but our network, our relationships, our friends, our family, those, those relationships are, you know, undeniably, those are going to assist us to, you know, pull ourselves out of the mire. Yeah. Right? I love that you said that. Cause if you notice when I talked about it, I said 90% producer, 10% victim. I don't think you ever get a hundred percent there. Nope. And, and I think what you're saying is when you're in that 10%, usually it's because of something emotional. Yep. And cause when, as soon as you're emotional, you, your logic goes out the you know, window, yep. you're in a highly emotional state. If you haven't built those people around you, that can help you boost you back up how you would think rationally you for one you need the the emotional support i mean a hug you know getting people through it is great yeah. but having that support team that lifts you up when you're down is really what it's about but if you haven't built that support team and you're down they just reinforce why you're down and you stay down longer yeah no it's kind of like you know when you're in this kind of delirium state of of sleeping have you ever been like you're sleeping no. and you're like you want to wake up but you can't wake up yeah. Right. It's kind of like when you're in this, this victim mode where something's happened to you profoundly, um, somebody has offended you. They said something on Facebook about your dog or, <laughs> or, you know, somebody wrote a comment about you, or you heard yeah. this chatter about this, that, or the other, or your brother did this, or I mean, it's, you, you take that a person now emotionally reacts to it. Yeah. And in that rut that they're in, looking at how to get out of it, oftentimes it does take somebody else's perspective because it's very, it's very dark and it's very cloudy. Yeah. So I, so last, last week, um, it was kind of a, it was a cool week for me. It started off, you know, my, my, my wife and, and kids, 
Um, you know, they they stay with my parents who live uh, on Cape Cod in Massachusetts for, for the entire month of July. So I went out there uh, the first, you know, the first week they, that they were out there and, you know, hung out with them and hung out with my family. Then I had to do a bunch of work stuff. So I had to come home. Um, and then last week uh, I went out and um, Cynthia was going to take uh, the girls to uh, New York City because they'd never been there. And, you know, that we have some friends there. So uh, they went to like a show and whatever. So I stayed home with our 15 month old Jack. Um, and it was cool. It was a really cool experience. I mean, I've, I've never, I mean, he, he's just started walking and starts to, he's no. really insane right now. Um, but then it was cool to spend time with my parents. I haven't, you know, spent a lot of one-on-one time with, with them either. So it was a really cool week. I got to connect with my, my son a little bit and uh, also, you know, do some things with my, my, uh, you know, my dad's family and my dad and my mom. Um, but Friday, you know, Friday we were, we were all flying back, um, Cynthia and, and the girls and, and, uh, the baby. And, uh, it was a direct flight from, uh, from Boston to, uh, to Salt Lake. And I had taken that, I've taken that flight, you know, a, a million times and, uh, and I fly, I fly a lot. And, uh, but this flight was, was, uh, um, it was kind of a, it was kind of a crazy flight. So, uh, we were, we were crossing, uh, you know, it's a direct flight from Boston to Salt Lake and we were crossing in, uh, from Nebraska into, uh, Colorado and these two, uh, storms conver- converged and, uh, the, the pilot, the, the radar of our plane, uh, the, the weather, and I, we didn't know this till after, but the weather, the weather radar of the plane, uh, went out and, uh, the pilot, you know, wasn't able to, to see that. And there's some, you know, some chatter that you can find on the internet right now between air traffic control and the pilot where he was kind of freaked out because there's these two stir- storms, uh, converging though. There was oh. a gap there that, you know, they were telling him to go through, but that gap closed. Yeah. Um, so we flew into this, uh, this hailstorm. And the hail was supposedly, you know, the size of softballs. And it was, um, it was one of the, well, that sound when it started, it was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. And it was hitting the plane and you can feel it hitting the plane. And the noise was so profound. Uh, But what happened next was, was even crazier. So, and I didn't know it was very difficult to process what was what was going on because that started to happen. There was turbulence, and you don't know anything. I mean, now you know all the facts. Now I know it. all the facts. I didn't know anything at the yeah. time. Um, and so, looking at you know what what was going on, the plane was kind of rocking back and forth because of the turbulence because these two two storms were converging, and the pilot uh, he dove fourteen thousand feet uh, in less than a minute to get out to get out of the storm because yeah. he again he didn't have any radar. And all this chaos starts to happen, and and the hail and we didn't know this till after, but the hail completely shattered the windshield of the of the plane, um, and so I, I imagine his state of mind and essentially you know trying to figure out what to do with no radar, yeah, and and all of this crazy sound plus having you know a couple hundred passengers on on board, so he dove fourteen thousand feet, um, and. I mean, yeah. I mean, most people have been on roller coasters. Yeah. Um, some people have, have gone skydiving. I've never gone skydiving, but uh, probably almost won't, now. Probably, probably <laughs> won't now either. Um, but it was it was one of you know he he dove dove below the storm. Um, so with all that chaos happening and diving, um, you know that 10, 10, 15 minutes was probably the scariest scariest time of my life, and it was. It was, and you know, my wife and I have sp- talked, uh, spoken about this uh, quite a bit in the last few days, trying to, you know, get over it. Um, but it was one of those moments where it's like, wow, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna survive. We're gonna, yeah. um, and and 
<laughs> and the the plane ride uh, out when I went out, you know, this this past week, um, Cynthia had put like she, I told her to download some movies movies for me on my iPad, and she put Castaway on the on, the, on there. <laughs> so I was wa- I was watching it, and the guy was like looking over at me. He's like, "You sure you want to you want to watch that movie?" And uh, so anyway, maybe that's what that that's what caused it all. But you know, the idea, but the, looking at you know the the dive, it was it was it was terrifying. I mean, it was one of you know one of those experiences where. Um, you do question whether or not you're going to yeah. survive and, um, you know, everything, everything was fine. I mean, he, he, uh, he course corrected, there's a, still a bunch of turbulence and the plane had to do emergency landing in, in, uh, Denver. Um, and it was, it was, I don't know, it's still, it's still kind of difficult to process just cause it was a few, it was a few days ago. Um, but it was really, it was really interesting to number one, just see people kind of come together. There were people that were complete strangers holding one another's hands and hugging each other. A lot of people praying. Um, and it was really neat. It was really neat to see that. And then in the airport, uh, this, it kind of continued, continued there. Mm. Um, and that was really, uh, that was really cool. But, uh, the, the decision we had at the airport, my Cynthia was like, screw yeah, this. this blows my mind when you told me. Yeah. It's, she's like, screw We're, we're getting a freaking car and we're driving home. And this is like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So it's super late. And, and so I, you know, it's I an eight hour drive from it's Denver eight, to Salt Lake. You know, plus you have to go rent the car yeah. you have to get all your luggage and yeah, you know, road times eight road, hours. And my brother lives in Denver. So we actually were in communication with him. We're going to probably stay there. But I basically said to Cynthia, I said, listen, we have, we have a choice, right? And, and this I, is profound. So people yeah. like listen to this. this so yes, yeah, so we have a, ch- we had a choice and the choice was, I said, listen, we, we can, we can totally get a car and I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with it. But if we don't get on this next flight, which is an, an hour flight, if we don't get on this next flight, then our last flight is always going to be that chaotic, that chaotic experience. Yeah. And by then, you know, we saw the windshield, right? The windshield of the oh, plane completely yeah. shattered. Um, and then the front nose of the plane was all caved in and the paint peeling. Um, and that's why I assume kind of destroyed all of the, you know, all the instruments that, yeah. that he was able to, uh, to, to use to kind of track the storm and radar and so forth. Um, but, you know, so we, that kind of freaked us out even more. So I, but I basically said, that, you know, the choice we have is we, we can go get a rent a car or we can, we can look at this as just a crazy experience and it hardly ever happens to people and we can get on this next flight and, and overcome our, overcome our fear. Um, and the kids were on board, you know, and, uh, and then, yes. And then, so we went on the next flight and and went home to, to salt lake but if we were i mean it was early in the morning and you know we were in shock probably most of the day saturday and yeah. even even into sunday even even yesterday to to an extent um but what it's what it's done again going to the principle or the, the point of this uh this podcast is you never know what what's going to happen to you yeah and but you you know one thing in in every moment you can you can take action to to be the hero to to look at it and and uh, you know and and notch it as a as an experience and and learn from it and be positive from it. But what's interesting is to see kind of the aftermath of this whole charade, um, because there's lots of people that are blaming the pilot and they're blaming Delta and they're yeah. blaming you know the why didn't why did they do this and why did they do that? It's kind of like you know that's that's the easy default thing to yeah. to do. That's the push everyone down. Exactly, and it's. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, for the experience 
And it definitely changed how I, you know, not completely, but it, you know, it reframed some things that I just didn't, didn't uh, show my, my value toward, which is mainly, you know, my, my kids and my, and my wife and that relationship and also just people in general. And, you know, and, and hopefully it doesn't take those type of experiences to, to shift a person. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of things that we're going to go through throughout our lives. I mean, you went through it with your brother uh, passing away in a plane crash, and yeah. and uh, not, I know that that was a, a very you know, profound tragedy. And but dealing with them, you know, we have to look at how life acts on us, and yeah. it puts us in these positions to to be able to choose. And those choices, um, there's really two. One, we can be the hero of our lives. We can be the hero of our families, yeah. uh, the hero of our, our employees, uh, the hero of our colleagues, the hero of our neighbors. We can choose in, in that moment to, to be that role. It's the hardest choice to make. Yeah. Um, it's easy to play the victim. It's easy to blame. It's easy not to take responsibility. Um, but at the end, we know what the consequence is going to be. Yeah. So looking at, you know, whether it's, whether it's your business, whether it's your employment, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, the other, you know, civic positions that you, that you hold, you look at the relationships you have with people and looking at the ability to, to change your life first and to recognize that if you have a specific set of glasses on and a lens on to empower people, to help people, to serve, to better, and you do that without necessarily expecting you know, remuneration or compensation. Yeah, that's a that's a key point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when you'll have the most of it. Yeah, because that's not your that's not the primary motive. It's the it's just what happens. It's the kind of some laws of nature that just naturally occur. Yeah. Well, you said a couple of things. You said it twice now, where you said it's the hard thing to do, or it's not the easy thing to do. And then I agree and I disagree. Mm-hmm. From the consumer mindset, like my brother would talk about it does seem extremely hard mm-hmm. from the producer mindset. It's not hard at all. Like right now, like, and the moment to get on the plane, absolutely. I'm not discounting that it was difficult, but to be the hero and the leader, like you and Cynthia, my hat's off, man. It's just, I'm, I've t- already expressed that to you off air, but mm-hmm. um, just my respect to make that decision and be the hero. Had you not done that, really, that would have been the harder choice because you would have just imprinted three of your kids yeah. and any future kids your wife, you, I mean, the impact that would have for the next hundred years, yep. profound. Your grandkids would probably never step on an airplane. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really, if you, if you let that fear and, and build it in and you, you would have engraven that into your young children's minds and you'd have never got over it. I mean, what, so what's the harder decision, the, the 30 minutes to sit there and think and regroup and say, let's be brave and, and press forward. And now you conquered something versus the rest of your lives being held back by it. Yep. And when you're in that consumer mindset though, you're absolutely right. It seems like the very most difficult thing in the world and opposite of what you should do. When you see it the opposite way though, when you see it from the producer mindset of saying, how can I be the hero of the story? How can I be the hero to my, my kids and show them bravery and, and courage moving forward? That's really, you know, it, it's cool to see it. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, there's, you, have, you have these kind of natural gut instinct type of reactions. And, and I, like you said, it's, it's, is it, is it possible to, to 100% be in that mindset? You know, it, it, it probably isn't, but at the same time, at least you can rec- recognize it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a, you know, it, in my, that's, and that's the other thing with your family, you know, your, your family doesn't always wear the same lens as you do, you know? And so it's, it's kind of like with, with your family, if you are constantly dictating what happens 
right? You you basically remove the ability for your family to make choices. And I think fathers oftentimes do that. Yeah. And and, and sometimes mothers do that where they it's it's their way or the highway, right? And and the the input, the insight and the choice of those within that unit, that family unit um, is, is diminished. So True. at the same time, as I, I, I look at, you know, I would, if it was just me on that flight, I would have for sure gone on, uh, gone on the next one. Um, but looking at my family and, and my kids, you know, I, I wanted them to, to make the choice. Cause I knew that that was going to, going to empower them. Yeah. But, but yeah, those, these are choices, you know, the, the idea is choice. I mean, every day you have a thousand choices yeah. every day you, you choose how to wake up, you choose what to listen to on the radio. You choose how to treat people. You choose to have a smile. And, you know, sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed yep. and it, it may seem, it may seem difficult, but we all know what type of uh, results happen because of that. Um, but looking at, again, the principle of this, of this podcast, as we, as we wrap up here, you know, the, the power, the power of a relationship, the power of a person, uh, the power of, of just people in general. Uh, I think the lens that the paradigm that is going to just lead to success and abundance and happy happiness is uh, is just recognizing that you are the one that ultimately dictates that power and Absolutely. that and that relationship. You may think it's the other person because like a relationship is a two part thing, but in the end, what you control is is you. Yeah. And if you can always focus on what you can do better, yeah. um, how you can improve, how you can make somebody's life better, then the results will pour in. Yeah. Well, if you elevate someone's life, the natural instinct is for them to want to do it back to you in, in sincere fashion, not with ulterior motives of doing something deceptive of I help them, but in the backside, I'm hoping that they do something, you know, whatever, but true just service and, and helping other people, that person it's just built into us. It's, yep. it's part of who we are yep. to, to reciprocate it. Yep. And I mean, we see it, there's commercials about pass it forward, even if it's not to you directly, just when, as a culture, we build that it, it happens. And I want to make one quick tangent or not tangent, but just follow up on what you're talking about, about kind of going through this experience and saying it took several days to kind of get your mind around it and go. I heard a lot of people that listened to my brother talked about this, that thought to be a producer, to be in that producer mindset, and accountable for what you're doing doesn't mean to identify it. And that's not what we're saying at all. There's actually more. It's you can grieve, you can feel the pain, you can feel you can admit it was difficult. You mm -hmm. can admit that I'm still not thinking clearly on this. I'm still, you know, you know, after this traumatic event, I, you know, and cloudy headed. I mean, that is all part of grieving process. We're human beings, we're emotional, we have those things. That's not a weakness at all no and so by saying producer doesn't mean you push those off it's actually the opposite you yeah. sincerely identify what they are and take the time to go through it i mean the difficulty like with my brother passing away um earlier this year i almost lost a child you know had life flight to the hospital yeah. and when you go through those experiences the producer actually you feel it more but you also don't push it away you're not scared to to hold on to it and to grow from it i guess is the point yeah and it's and again, you have to you have to use it as uh, kind of a you have to come full circle. You have to go all yeah. the way through where you you experience that type of scarcity and you start to think victim victimhood. But once you catch it and then make decisions to overcome that, that's where you come come yeah. full circle. And I say that from the sense that I've always had people come saying, "I know this sounds like a victim, but it's still stress." Like you know, I need to go home from work the day after. I mean. That's not being a victim. That's you're you're owning the experience. Yep. That's the opposite. So, don't feel like owning the experience means you know. And I, I've I've heard that you know countless times from people coming up saying, "I know this sounds like a victim, but 
this was really tough. And no, identifying as tough is not being a victim. Yeah. Letting it control the rest of your life is being the victim. Exactly. Great point. Great point. Well, hope you guys have enjoyed uh, enjoyed the 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 show this morning. Um, you know, this is we part we we talk about this a lot. And it is, that's how important it is to us because I think the benefit that, that we have is we get to talk to a lot of people. We get yep. to see into the lives of families, of business owners, of really successful investors, and we see common themes, yep. right? There's a common theme to their wealth. There's a common theme to the infrastructure of their business, and it all relates to this principle. So even though there's nothing tangible behind it, it's not A plus B equals C, the idea behind this, you know, identifying the true value in people and the true value in yourself as it relates to those people is uh, you can, it, it, it should never grow old in your mind no. because there's always circumstances that are going to be, you know, you're going to experience and those circumstances, you're going to continually have this choice. No. And the more you hear our, our message, the more we study uh, and the message being, you know, the, the power of the power of people, you are your greatest asset. The idea is the more you hear it, the more prepared you're going to be when those circumstances present themselves to you, because they're going yeah. to, and some are going to be, you know, rather subtle. Um, some are going to be significant and looking in those moments, you know, a lot of the rest of your life depends on some of those decisions. Um, because as you said, you know, you, you make the wrong choice. And that could have unintended consequences. It, yeah. it will reframe, it'll, you know, take off one of those lenses of the spectacles that would have seen, a ma you know, the back of the Declaration of Independence differently, yeah. right? So it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, your choices can have a profound impact on, on your, your future view of the world. Yeah. So keep your, uh, keep your brain going, study, be positive, smile, treat people the way you want to be treated, use the golden rule. Um, make somebody smile, yeah. uh, make somebody happy, do something to change the world. Great. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, everyone. That's it for today. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to Patrick Donahoe on the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard for everything financial. Thank you for listening. If you're investing in real estate, you can boost your gains by being your own bank. Visit ParadigmLife.net forward slash resources to learn this real estate wealth strategy.